What is going on, people? I'm very excited about this one because we have Mr. Louis Armstrong on the podcast. And I feel like there's people that I want to have on just because they're sick guys and we can have a sick conversation. And you're one of those people. Nice. Uh, I like that. That makes me... I'm quite flattered by that. Where, where are we right now, mate? Why didn't you introduce it? We are currently sitting in one of my favourite places in the world, which is the balcony of my apartment. The sun is just beginning to set in Ibiza. And yeah, it's a beautiful day. Last day of September. Tomorrow's the 1st of October. The weather's still beautiful. And yeah, this is my happy place. This is where I like to sit and think and chill. It's also where I like to send it every now and then. Send it every now and then, which you're doing tonight, and I cannot wait for. We are doing, we are sending it did tonight. You did you have that new Tropic? I did, yeah. Yeah, it's going to kick in about 20 minutes. You're going to be raring to go, mate. Absolutely pumped. Combined with the full sugar monster that this madman is having right now. I mean... You probably need it for tonight. It's probably less calories than a few beers. Well, 42 grams of sugar. Yeah. And 500 millilitres, so it's quite a lot of sugar, but that's how we roll. We're right on the flight path as well, so it's going to be... It might be a little bit loud when a plane comes over when you hear a... But it kind of, kind of adds to it because it literally sat on the balcony. But yeah, dude, um, what should we start with? How did you get here? That's what I want to know. Good question. In Ibiza. So what's interesting about this podcast is that Mo has not prepped anything. I've decided I'm not going to prep or plan anything at all. I've actually done two podcasts before. One was my own with TM Cycles and Kevin, and another was with Kevin, and Kevin prepped every single question. Really? So this is kind of, if I was to do a podcast, I'd probably do it more like this, just a general flow of conversation. So right now, we're going to get to witness whether the <laughs> plane completely destroys the audio I think or not. <laughs> I think it's going to be quite loud. I can't, what are we saying? It's coming over now. Easy jet plane. I don't think it's too bad. It's all right. These mics are good. Well, the plane has left the chat, so. But right, mate, how did I get here? So, um, probably exactly four years ago, five years ago, mm. I came with Uncle Mike and Owen Harrison. Uncle Mike is Mike Ferson, for those that don't know. And, oh no, we came in June, and we loved it so much that we came again in October. How old were you then, 26? I think it was five years ago, so maybe 25. Yeah. And I didn't really, like, send it then. And I also just had no experience of a beefer. Like, we'd go to like Ocean Beach pretty much every day. You're and, a no sender. And like after Ocean Beach, I would just be unconscious and bad asleep. I would never make it to Pasha or High or anything like that. So I never really got to experience the clubs until last year because after we were here during that time, yeah, then it was coronavirus. And me and Mike were here for two years during coronavirus, so there was no clubs open, and it was kind of a whole different experience. But it was still very much enjoyable. Yeah, and. Now I've been here for like almost two years and just haven't left. Why, why did you move? Because my whole life I always dreamt of living in Mallorca. It's my favorite place in the world. And then I eventually came to Ibiza and saw that Ibiza is like Mallorca, but just a little bit more wild. But I know, I know that didn't, before you worked for Mike. I worked for Mike, yeah. What were you doing before that? Like, before I worked for Mike? Yeah, because it's kind of cool. I, I used think. to work in an office, nine till five. Did you fucking hate it? Of course. I used to do no work whatsoever. What were, you, what were you doing in there? Like real estate photography. So oh, like, fuck. Yeah. That's what Jake, Jake's thinking about doing, just to get like something out of It's a good way work. to get like, get a little bit of money, buy yourself a camera, buy yourself some lenses, get experience using the camera. I mean, shooting real estate's pretty easy because the house doesn't move. Yeah. The four walls in a room doesn't really move, so. Yeah, yeah. You can set your little tripod up and just spend as long as you want, getting everything perfect. Uh-huh. So I think it was a good experience. And then... After that, I kind of, in my spare time, whilst I was working in the office, I would just watch loads of YouTube tutorials on how to edit, how to edit photos, how to edit videos. I kind of learned photo and video editing at the same time. Mm. And then here comes another plane. We'll just ignore it. We'll just yeah, we'll just keep it. talking. Yeah, we'll just keep rolling. Um, so I, in my spare time at the office, when I wasn't actually, <laughs> it's, it's pretty hard to ignore. Yeah, you can barely hear it, mate. So in my spare time, when I was sitting in the office and I didn't have anything to do and I wasn't out on the field shooting photos and videos, I would just watch every single YouTube tutorial imaginable on Final Cut Pro, then eventually Premiere Pro, Lightroom, Photoshop. I learned all my creative skills during that time period. On YouTube? Yeah. Yes, yeah, same, mate. Fuck university. You um, do not need it. No. I went to university as well. That was just like... 
I feel like I had to go to university because that was the, it covered three years of my life where I didn't really know what to do. What, what did you do at uni? Sports management. Oh, fucking hell. That's not very employable, is it? No, I wanted to open my own gym, like Christian Guzman. And I just kind of said to myself, well, I might as well go and get a degree and try and like figure out what I want to do. Yeah. And it was actually like on my graduation, I filmed one of my first YouTube videos. Oh, I just pulled the headphones out so I can't <laughs> hear anything you <laughs> say. <laughs> you can just lip read. You have to lip read for the rest of the podcast. All right, there we go, beautiful, we're back in. Yeah, so I just, I just like, yeah, one of my first YouTube videos was my graduation at university. So that was just kind of, I was never really, I didn't really have a passion. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was kind of pretty much lost in life mm. until I picked up the camera and then I realized, okay, this is what I want to do. That's fucking sick. Yeah. So, and that was like 24, 25. So people who are watching this, who are a lot younger than me don't like, even now I'm, I've just turned 30. I'm still working shit out. Yeah, mate. That, that's something I struggle with. Like, I don't know, like, who am I? Like, what do I do? What am I? I still don't. Obviously, I make YouTube gym videos, but it's like I don't feel like that is my. I feel like there's more. Do you know what I mean? Like, what? some some people you look at, they have it fucking sorted, or they seem to have it sorted. Even when I look at people that have it sorted, I still know that even they probably question themselves. Some like I don't think anyone has it fully sorted. Yeah, I think everyone wants to do more. Everyone wants to do better. And I feel like for me, even though I have such a small amount of subscribers, especially on YouTube, I feel like as long as I'm making an impact on a small amount of people every single day, if they're watching my videos, or if I'm uploading twice a week, if I'm making an impact twice a week on people, inspiring them to go running, to move country, to go and eat a different type of food, whatever it is, as long as I'm inspiring people in some way to live a better life, then I feel happy. Yeah. But as we discussed the other day, I definitely am not reaching my full potential in any way. <laughs> yeah, what did you say to me? I'm like, what percentage of terms work of like are you doing day physical, to day? In, t in ter terms of like physically, mentally, like just in life in general, I'm probably at like 30%. 30% like, effort? Yeah, maybe like sometimes 25. <laughs> Why? Because I just got caught up in a beef and was just like, I mean like everyone comes here to party and Nothing gets done with any urgency. Everyone's here having a good time. Like, I was telling you as well, I haven't bought new clothes in like two years because I just wear swim shorts and no t-shirt every day. Yeah. I don't even wear flip-flops. I just walk around barefoot. Yeah. And like, I'm just chilling here. But now, after two years of chilling here at 25%, after, hopefully after this party tonight, hopefully after the next week of closing parties, I'm ready to take my 25% up. 26, 27%. No, I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping we can do better than 25. <laughs> At least a 30, bare minimum. But yeah, I've turned 30, so, and I feel like I've kind of not got to be throughout my system. It'll never be out my system, but I feel like I'm ready just to kind of push a little bit harder, get out my comfort zone, and start doing more with my life. Like I was telling Mo the other day, I was like asking Mo, like, what does your day-to-day -day look like? And to be honest, for me, I'm very fortunate. Of course, I worked very hard to get to the stage where I am now. Mm. But like for me, my life is, couldn't be any better. Wake up whenever I want, go to bed whenever I want, shoot a couple of nice videos, take some nice photos on the beach, wearing legend London jeans or like drink my favorite supplement brand, Ghost, shout out to Ghost, <laughs> use code Louis. <laughs> um, my life is so fucking good, to be honest. Yeah. So if it's good now when I'm sitting on 25%, I think if we, even hit 60, 70%, how much better is it going to be? I mean, to be fair, dude, you've moved, you moved out to Ibiza working for yourself. That's pretty, that's a quite a big step outside of your comfort zone, I think. And you're in this ridiculously expensive apartment that's a huge financial, I wouldn't say investment, I'd say more of a financial burden, but it it's fucking cool. It is cool. And I mean, everyone's going to be like, you guys can't see right now, but we have a roof terrace with a jacuzzi and shit. And probably in about three hours time, we're going to have a nice little party up there. The sun will be setting. The moon will be rising. The vibes are good. I love this place. But yeah, I don't want to lose it, but it's also very expensive. And I feel like I could be using that money to do other things mm. rather than just living here. Yeah, I get you. But I don't know. It's going to be hard. It's very I, difficult. I'm kind of right now I'm in a, I was actually speaking to my friend Jorge in the gym. I'm in a stage of my life right now where I really don't know what I want at all. Yeah. I know that I don't want to be content. I know that I don't want 
everything to be so easy and to be putting in 25%. I know that I want more, which mm. is good, but I'm just kind of confused into as to what direction to kind of step into. Did you think when you were younger, like when you were like, I don't know, in your teens, were you like, yeah, by 30, I'm going to be fucking, like, I know exactly what I'm going to do, where I'm going to be, family. Were you like, did you think that? Well, to be honest, those guys are doing laughing gas balloons on the beach. <laughs> Is that what I just heard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, when I was like a kid, when I was a teenager, I didn't really think about anything. I never, one thing that I'm, kind of quite fortunate is that I'm quite like, I don't know what the word is to describe it, is that I don't really think too much into the future. I just live in the present moment. Yeah, you're the you're pretty chill. Like, as Don't a, have any savings. Yeah, <laughs> you inspire me to, that's what I said to you, you inspire me to spend loads of money on shit that I want to spend it on. Exactly, like just, I mean. Sorry, that was another plane. Once you have kids, once you have family, once you have a responsibility, then it's time to like make sure you have savings for like emergencies, all that stuff to look after your children and all that stuff. But right now, like, as I told you, I'm quite a late bloomer. I didn't start drinking till I was quite old. I didn't start partying till I was quite old. Did you party at uni? Mm, no, not really. That's, that's funny because I didn't either already. Not really. Like, not in the same way everyone else did. As it, yeah, as in, but why not? Why was that? Because I actually worked like on student nights. Yeah. So I was working most of them. So like I worked on a Tuesday and Thursday. I had a job, I had college, I had uni. So I just never, I just never really, and I just didn't really enjoy it that much. Nah, nah. And then it's especially like, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a weird one. I, st I still don't enjoy drinking. Like I enjoy going out and getting spangled on occasion. But then at uni, I was just like, I didn't understand it. I was like, why would you, Go out, especially drugs. I was like, why would someone ever take drugs? Like, what the fuck is the point? And like, why would you go out and waste your money? I used to be like, so, so against it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like anti, anti drugs. <laughs> and to be honest, like, I don't promote drugs now, but I think that everyone should do whatever they want in their own time. And I think it's better to wait. The longer you wait, the better, in my opinion. 100%. And I think that's the case for everything. Even now, I'm still not super mature. I'm still quite very immature. But back when I was like 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, super, super immature and like had no idea what I wanted to do, wasn't doing anything, wasn't really going in any direction. So I think if you start taking drugs and stuff at that age, I think there's a lot of room for er error. I think you ruin it as well. Like, I yeah. think it can be something that can really add to your life. Um, you know, like a bit of magic mushrooms or something, you know, as you're getting... Uh, a little bit of sprinkle of MDMA once in a while. I was always just scared as well. I was always scared of everything. What, of like dying? Yeah, literally like scared. What, of, of everything generally or just? Scared of dying. Drugs in particular? Yeah, scared of dying. Why? Do you still have that? Not anymore, but just like all the stories, like someone takes one bad pill and then they die. Oh, yeah, I was the same, mate. My um, my mum had a friend who, I don't know how close they were, but... She basically, she told me this, and oh, this is quite funny. I can, to be fair, I can tell this now for the first time because my little sisters are, are no longer kids, um, they're adults. My mum on my 18th birthday gave me a pill, like an like a MDMA pill, and she's like, look, she's like, you're gonna, like, you're gonna do it. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? She's like, look, you're gonna do it. And I'd rather you did it the, the safe way properly with stuff that's like safe and like with, me and my friends. My mum's not even like a wreck head or anything. She used to party when she was younger. How did you know it was safe? But she's very sensible. Um, because we we have like family friends. She tested it the day before. Yeah, something like that. No, <laughs> we have we have like family family friends that are slightly dodgy. Um, so you know it's probably. <laughs> oh gonna, my god. Yeah, you you know it's gonna have come from the finest uh, supplier. Like, but anyway, um, yeah, she did that, and I had that dude for three. I, I just felt no need to take it. Because my mom was like, it's weird. Because she, she's like, incredible. Didn't care what I did, and she was like, she like, it was like, oh yeah, like you get, if you want to do it, blah, blah blah. Here, take this. And I had it for three years, mate. Three fucking years. I just never did it. And then on my twenty-first birthday, this is probably a really bad time to do anything. I had like a low, not like an. I was incredibly stressed of uni, okay. and it was like the week before all my final exams. I basically lost the plot. 
Like I broke up my girlfriend of three years because I was fucking unhappy in that relationship. And then I went to this event um, with my mum and Jake just asked my, uh, that's fucking funny. And did this three-year-old pill <laughs> and had the fucking time of my life and everything was okay after that. When do pills have a sell-by date? I think if they're kept in like out of light and in like a relatively controlled environment, you know, I reckon they'll just last for ages. Nice. Yeah, I don't know how we got onto that. I apologize for making this all about uh, my ex's story. No, and I think you did it in safe circumstances. So. Yeah. I mean, it's good to experiment. I think everyone should experiment to see what they like and what they don't like. Mm. And I feel like the, if there's anything you want to try or do, do it in the, try it in the safest possible circumstances. Yeah. And like, no one wants to die wishing they had done something and they hadn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, this goes with like everything in the whole world. 100%. Like I was telling Mo the other day, yesterday, today, every day, I keep telling them I want to ride a motorbike really bad. My mom and dad won't let me ride a motorbike, but I just want to have a go on one and just have one serious rip on it. Like if I had a motorbike for like a week, I'd know for a fact I would probably not be alive. Mate, I've seen how you ride a moped throughout through streets of like people. Like I felt like fuck. So if I had a mo, I don't know. I just like I like to stimulate myself through adrenaline and other ways. I just like to be excited. Peak I, experiences. Yeah. Would you ever do skydiving? No. Why? I'm scared. Really? Yeah. Oh, safe, bro. It's much safer than riding a motorbike. I know you're a pro, pro skydiver. Oh, I don't. Know. In, the, in, the, in the like, in the grand scheme of skydiving, I'm pretty, I'm pretty down there with like. Uh... I'd be really scared, honestly. Oh, mate. Should... I don't like, I don't like that type of shit. I don't like something where I'm not in control. Yeah. Whereas I get on that. a motorbike, I can control it. Yeah. But I don't like something when I'm not in control of it. So, for example, you... like roller coasters, rides, theme parks. Mm -hmm. It's not my thing. No. Never. You'll never find me there. Interesting, but then you said you want to like step outside of your comfort zone in this next phase of your life. Yeah, I mean, like I just ran an ultra marathon, but I'm not going to get on a roller coaster. How was that? I'd ride a motorbike. Like I would do. Like I don't know. I just feel like when I'm in control of it, then it's me fully responsible for my own life. Yeah, I, I know what you mean because when you're, when you're strapped to someone, yeah, so I've got a license. I do it myself. Um, I basically I paid for the. I'm scared of heights as well. I paid for the license before I'd ever been skydiving. And I did the skydive strapped to someone for the first ever time after I just paid like a couple of grand for the skydiving license, like the whole course. And yeah. you have to do it like strapped to someone at this place. I did it and I fucking hated it, man. Like I hated that. I got, do you know people say like, oh, you get down and you feel like this euphoria and you feel like amazing. Yeah. I got down, I just wanted to throw up everywhere and pass out. And then I was like, I have to do the fucking, I have to do this on my own next. But then I did it and it got like, when you're on, when you're in control, it's a lot different. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, for example, watching you pack your suitcase gives me the biggest anxiety ever. What? Parachute or suitcase? Yeah, suitcase. <laughs> Why? Why? Not suitcase, sorry. Parachute. Watching you pack your parachute. I think it gives anyone anxiety, though, because yeah. I'm so shit at it. <laughs> Just like knowing that you are fully responsible. Like, I, again, I would prefer to pack it myself and yeah. be responsible for it yeah. than let someone else pack it for me. I don't know. It's just like all confusing to me. You, like, can pre you can pretty much stuff it all in a bag and it'll probably be fine. Really? Like literally like as long as like, so as long as the lines are like, it's amazing they don't get tangled up. But as long as the lines are like in the middle, if you kind of like, do you know like you wrapped them around like that? Like, like you would like a bit of rope. Yeah. If you put those in the middle of the fabric and then just stuffed it all into a bag, it it, would, it, it I would. reckon it'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, it's probably going to be like, it might give you whiplash, but it'll be, it'll be all right. And you've got an emergency pack. You've got two, don't you? Yeah, so you've got a second one. And um, it's yeah, it's really safe. People don't realize that. It's hard to like... Fuck it up. Or yeah, it's hard to explain how safe it is, but but you could literally jump out of a plane unconscious and the second parachute will automatically open and you'll get down. Really? So, yeah, you don't have to do anything. How? Because the so there's a sec, the second parachute reserve parachute has to be packed. It takes like it's packed in a different way. Okay. So it takes like four hours to pack it. Yeah. So someone there's only a few like a handful of people because called some called a rigger. Yeah. Has to pack the parachute in a special way and like every folds like to the millimeter and it's completely different from how they'd normally pack a parachute. Okay. So it basically guarantees it will open perfectly. Like. Wow. Because because people can pack like a, a normal parachute in about ten minutes. Yeah. So this is like four hours. Wow. You got to do that every six months. Every six months. Yeah. So, so if it's not used, 
has to be undone. Yeah, so they have to do that every six months in the UK. Um, I mean, you're giving me more hope now. Yeah, it's bro. I, it's, I feel less it's safe. It's safe. But but yeah, but then you got this thing called basically you got this thing, and it detects your altitude, and yeah. it's like called an AAD, like a automatic. How the hell have I forgot this? It basically automatic altitude detector, automatic activating device. This is really bad. This is like the stuff that you learn when you get your skydiving license. Yeah, you forgot it. Um, how shit I am. But yeah, it, that's basically a thing. It's like a Cypress. It's called the brand Cypress, like the big one. Um, yeah. And this has never gone wrong in history. Like, there's been no report case of this failing. Touch, and touch the, wood. And then it gets to it. Well, it saved my girlfriend's life. She's not pulled a parachute before. Really? Yeah. But, but when you get to it, it detects a certain altitude. And if you're stealing free for a certain altitude, fires. It then, yeah, it fires the reserve parachute. Um, and it's never gone wrong ever with anyone that's ever skydived. Um, but yeah, dude, my fucking girlfriend couldn't pull a parachute once and then that went off but she was fine she's been a retard wow yeah that's it scares me yeah there you have it mate it scares me but you've given me more confidence i'll i'll give it a try yeah bungee jumping scares me wouldn't do that either you wouldn't even give it a try bungee jump no come way. on you just said that you're gonna step outside of your comfort zone and do different i just don't like stuff like that it makes me feel so i would feel so bad for like the whole week leading up to it and i'd be stressed and angry and grumpy and just like just horribly uncomfortable. And then I would do it and I'd obviously feel amazing and become like addicted to it. But it's kind of like everything in my whole life, really. I just, just worried. I just worry a lot. I quite, I think you worry quite a lot as well about certain things. Yeah, it's w weird. I think we're quite similar. Some things, yeah, I think, I don't know. That's why I like, I've like fucked your shit on social media because I think I see it. Like there's certain things that we're very similar in. Do you have ADHD? Uh, it's never been diagnosed, but like for example today, when I know that we're going out, yeah. I know that everyone's coming. I just can't even like focus on anything. Like I don't even want to eat because I feel so nervously sick and excited. Yeah. And when I was a kid and my birthday would always be the last day of school, 22nd of July. <laughs> and I would never make it because I'd be so excited for the last day of school and my birthday that I'd just be sick like all day. So I'd just have to stay in the house. What, like throwing up? Yeah, because I get, no so, way. I get so excited. Do you get like really bad rave buddy before you go out? Yeah, like if yeah, you ask same. if you ask Mike, like whenever I used to get so excited for anything, like a night out or like something in particular, I'd be sick. Like I would, I would, I would basically cough to the point where I'm sick because I'm just so excited. That's weird. I don't know why. It's strange. But yeah, ADHD. Like for example, I've been trying to post an Instagram post the whole all of today. Yeah. To celebrate 100k, but it's just not progressed in any way, and it will not progress in any why? way. Why? Why? Like what hasn't? Because happened? I just, I don't know. I'm just when. Today we've just been like, kind of all over the place, and we ha I have. If I need to go and do something, I have to go gotcha. and sit in my bedroom. Yeah. And close the door, and use like couldn't even be in here because I'd be like, I have like a, just a fear of missing out, FOMO. That's weird. Or like I get stuff done if I go down if I go in the toilet, have like a sit down wee. Yeah. Then I can get some stuff done. That is all. My girlfriend gets that as well. She's got like this crazy fear of FOMO, like the biggest thing. But you don't seem like someone that. I can tell you, like, when we first came, you are a bit stressed. I get stressed, yeah. I just, I kind of just, probably just overthink. But you seem pretty mellow, like, what will be, will be kind of guy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, like, moving out, like, you seem pretty chill about. I think once I kind of, once I relax and think about it properly, then I'm just like, okay, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. But, like, tonight, I don't know, I'm just so excited. Yeah, I'm pretty keen. Like, I'm really, really excited. For anyone that doesn't know, we're going to the closing party of Black Coffee. Black Coffee is my favorite DJ in the world. And he's playing with Kind Music, who are three German DJs, who are also my favorite DJs in the world. So last time me and Mo were together was mm. last summer. The first, opening party. First and, last first, time. first and last time we were together. Yeah. Was last summer we had a squad of like, I think like 20 of us. Yeah. Full squad. That's the thing as well that I'm also really happy about and like love more than anything is our squad. Like... We all work online. We all make like videos. We all do like something creative and we all have this crazy freedom that we can just go wherever we want. And like, it's pretty crazy that we can all just fly to an island to go to a party together. Yeah. Like, I think that's really special. I yeah. think we're really, really lucky to be able to do that. It's fucking insane already. I love it so much. Yeah. I love our squad. Like our group of friends is, we have a really good group of friends. Yeah. That, that, that's like, I didn't, I didn't really know anyone. Cause when I came out with you boys and it's even like you, man, like, I, there's a lot of like rotten apples in social media especially yeah. but then it's like like Rob Mike like everyone all of that crew it's just like 
it doesn't matter who you are they'll get along with most people they'll just sound yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll help you out they'll yeah we don't really we don't really so much have like a screening process but I feel like the people <laughs> that come into our circle like I would say Mike and Rob don't take like I'm just like a very nice guy I'll be nice to anyone yeah and like I have a shit detector like I can tell when someone's talking shit and I can also tell when I don't want to be around someone but I'll still be nice to them because I don't want ever I, I never want anyone to feel bad really but like Mike and Rob would be very specific about who they hang around with mm. so like I think there's many people that like in our group in our WhatsApp group there's literally so many of us and everyone's kind of came from everywhere you've got Jorge, who we saw in the gym today, he's from Spain. Yeah. I literally met him in Tulum. We've got Christoph, who's from Austria, and met him here. He loved beers, and I love beers. And, like, we just have, like, this circle of people who have just came from everywhere, like Ranbir. Ranbir lives in Dubai. Joel came from Ireland. Like, George Armstrong, he came from Manchester. Like, everyone just came. And, like, I don't know, I feel like Ibiza kind of brought everyone together, really. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so weird, isn't it? Because it's it's such a um, I, I feel like it's such an odd group of people. Although a lot of people do do fitness, and or a few of us do do fitness Instagram kind of stuff. It's like the it's not a typical group of friends that you would expect. No way to go out there. That's what I fucking love. We have a crazy bunch of people. Just resetting that camera. Okay. There we go. It's good to go. It's good to go. Thank you, bro. What about the other one? Yeah, that's fine. It goes forever. By the way, I love Jake. Jake is literally a top, top lad. Yeah. Very, very happy you brought Jake to Ibiza. Yeah, Jake. Uh, only the people that follow like the the OGs on my on my channel will, will know Jake because we've had some weird adventures. Jake reminds me of Joel, and I'm sometimes jealous of people like Jake and Joel because they have this like compartment behavior where they're like so chilled, like yeah, just like just go with the flow, yeah, and just see what happens, and they're just. I wouldn't say worry free, but I would just say like just so chilled, and I'm just I just love it. I hard, like, hard to dis like hard to dislike. Yeah, I would just yeah. like I just like being around people like that. Yeah, man, that's what I reckon. That's why um when I met Joel last time as well, that's what I thought. I knew you would get on with. Like I said to you before we met, like I knew you and Jake would get on. Like Jake would get on with you <laughs> being a funny cunt, <laughs> and you would get on with him. But yeah, man, it's a, it's a good squad. I want to, dude, there is one thing I want to talk about. Um, I know I don't pre-plan it, but I was thinking about this. It's literally the journey, because I think people could find this valuable, of like how you went from office job to working for Mike as a videographer to working for yourself. Like, how did that, tell me the story. How did that come about? Okay, I've got this pretty much, pretty much nailed down to a T. All right. Because we want the extended version, not like the three bullet points. Like. Standard version. So we've just done pretty much, how long did we do? 25 minutes there. Yeah, some of that. Right, this might take about three hours, but I don't know. Nah, it's not going to do I'll do it. I'll wait for this plane to fly over and then we'll go for it as fast as we can. Should we, we'll just, should we just ignore the plane? I, think I, be, I, I, think I can't fine. help, but like, again, that Is might be my ADHD. Like, yeah. That flying over, I just can't physically. I think, I think you might have. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because there's like a thing where it's like they just die. Like they just say boys of ADHD. So when I was very young, I used to go to a a child therapist. I used to be like a fucking the angry, not not like a, a cunt angry, but I would have like a I'd have like just lose my shit like red a, mist, a psychopath, mate. Yeah, you don't uh, have it anymore. I ha it's it's in there, but it's like very very buried. Like I don't think I've I haven't lost my shit. Maybe I've lost my shit once in a year. And um, where I've just, I just see fucking red, dude. It's like I'm a different person. Happens to me too. And that's not why I have a black eye, for those wondering. And Mo, I don't know why, chose to put the camera in this position where you can see my <laughs> black eye. My other eye is normal. Yeah. The black eye was a minor drone accident, so don't worry. To be fair, uh, you can barely even see it now. Well, yeah, it's good. Yeah. But just in case you're wondering, like, why does Louis have a dark circle around his eye? It is a black eye, but it's not from anything to do with fighting or... Hey, you've been fighting bouncers every night. He goes out, no. starts that pushing is... people. He walks out of his chest out through the club, bumping shoulders, Ocean Beach. <laughs> That's one reason why I love Ibiza, because you get away from all the types of people that do that. Like, if you go to the club tonight, everyone is just there. Probably on some, some sort of... Um, Narcotic substance. Yeah, not alcohol, because a beer is 20 euros... A beer is 20 euros, 
a single vodka is 35 euros. Like, there's not many people that can afford drinks, so they choose the cheaper option. Yeah. Which I'm not promoting. It's it's cheaper, but it's obviously more dangerous. Well, a water is 16 euros, isn't water it? Water is 16 Fuck. euros. But I mean, everyone in the club is full of love. Like, there's, I've never seen a fight in high in my whole entire life. No, it's saying that I haven't seen, like, it's, like, and that's like, they, we went there a few nights ago, and it's so fucking busy and it's horribly, aggro. Yeah, yeah it's like, it could be easy to get very aggro if it's somewhere else, but. But no one does. Everyone kind of respects each other. Everyone's there for the same reason. Enjoy the music, enjoy the night. Like, I love Ibiza because there's just no fights. Like, whereas I, in Newcastle, where I'm from, going on a night out, like, you just be scared, like, someone's going to try and fight you or for bottle, something stupid. bottle you or some shit. Yeah, and I just yeah. hate that shit so much in right, the world. But before we go on to that. Okay, uh, yeah, let's get No, no, no wait, wait, before we do. All right, club, what are the worst clubs in Ibiza and the best? I don't go to any of the worst clubs. They're not all made equal, are they? I didn't realize this at the time because I was like, ooh, before I came, I was like, Ocean Beach, wow, it looks sick. But then I, I've had. I, I just go to High, Pasha. Sometimes, sometimes Club Chinua. Club Chinua. 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 What's that weird one we went to? When was that? The one that's like in a house. Pikes. Pikes. That's weird. That was funny. I quite like it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I can't. I can't make any negative comments on clubs because I don't go to them. Yeah, that's fair enough. I feel like I'm a little bit of a snob now. Joel will agree. We just don't go unless we know it's going to be really good. Uh, but mate, when you start going out for like the music and the vibes, it's exactly. like you're very picky about because in in uni, we can be in uni, it's like prism. Yeah, I go prism. But yeah, I'm I'm the same. Now it's like I want a good sound system. I want a good crowd. I want good visuals. I want a good, good lineup. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Like, not saying the stars have to align, and also in a, a beef they pretty much do quite often because we're very fortunate enough to have like the best DJs playing every single week. They're still going on balloons. Yeah, they're doing the balloons. Wow, fair play to them. I mean, I probably haven't had a balloon since Zanti 2019. I'd won at Creamfields and it sent me fucking west. I paid 30 euros. For 30 six euros of them. for a balloon or for a the, canister. For, for six of them. Mm. For, for uh, Yeah. And um, uh, do you know where you, I was like, because it amplifies any other substances that you happen to be on. And this creatine. Was, this is one of my yearly sessions. Yeah, creatine. Well, I say one, well, I, I go, I realistically, I go out like three or four times a year for like a big scent. Probably, yeah, three or four times. And this was like a, a big scent. Well, it wasn't a big scent. It's like a, probably like a, a four out of 10 scent. Is tonight a big scent? Tonight will be a big scent. Yeah, okay. I'm very excited. But anyway, uh, this is with Jake as well. Um, I, I was like, I just really wanted to try one because I hadn't done one like three years either. I did it in the crowd at Greenfields and I like, I felt like I went into my body. So this is nitrous oxide. I do not promote this. Obviously, because doing a lot of it is stupid, but it's, it's, it's relatively safe in small amounts. Um, hence why they don't, it's like one of the few drugs I'll give you in hospital and they won't log the amount that they've given you because that isn't really, uh, do you know what I mean? I say you've had this much more, do not this much. Do not quote Mo on that. <laughs> yeah, I do not take responsibility for anything that happens. But anyway, yeah, I just could, you know, you could, you're, you're standing up and you just feel like all your weight shifting to like your heels, or your toes. I mean, I basically had that. Yeah, I just can't even remember what it feels like. But I just remember in Zanti, like, you used to do it as if it was like drinking water. Or in like a bar or something. Yeah, like they're just big girl going around with them, like, do one, then do another one, then do another one, and then. You used to do it and spin around in a circle with your head tilted backwards. That sounds terrible. Yeah, and see what happens. Sounds fucking hideous. I mean, yeah, I did that. Didn't do any any other dangerous stuff at that age, but I did balloons and just thought there was nothing to it. I was like, it's a balloon. Yeah. But um, right. So get back to it. Couple of things that we haven't finished off. Yeah. First yeah, of all, yeah. Black Coffee, Kind Music, Kind Music, Free German DJs. They play like melodic house you introduced Afro me to this. house yeah i love Mo it likes very different music to me but now last time when mo came here we went and he wasn't feeling the vibes at all to begin with and i told him just be patient be patient change your mindset and he loved it more than anything by the end of well, it i think this is worth uh, I, I will say this because i took or was given this is the very stupid of me and the lesson that i've learned given in the crowd a, I, I took a pill in Ibiza basically, and the pill was not a good pill. And I felt fucking terrible. And I was, yeah, I was very- Was that in high or was that, that in That was in a Shwaya, yeah. And I was, I, was, I was scared. I was like, I'm fucked. Like I'm literally, I could die. Um, I don't really remember exactly what happened, but I do <laughs> remember coming back to my apartment in 
in an emergency and Mo lay on the floor of my apartment and we got the Hoover and sucked the badness out of him. No, you didn't. We did. No, you didn't. We did. I, I, I have no recollection of this, but I remember a Hoover. We put the Hoover in your mouth and You're we said- You're fucking kidding me. You, yeah, we, we were sucking it out of you. Oh, that's weird. I don't really remember any of this, but I remember you shouting with a Hoover. Yeah, we sucked it I out of you. I thought you were joking. I'm sure there's a video somewhere. Oh my God. We'll find it. That's hilarious, but also quite scary. Like, but what did happen in, what happened in the end with that? Um, I basically, Recovered. I was gonna stay in. Were you sick, or did you just get over? I wasn't. It? I think I might have went and sat on the toilet with like my head spinning, feeling like I was gonna go into some kind of K hole. Um, and then uh, I eventually pulled through. But luckily, luckily, the moral of the story. So I, so I was only took like a little, a quarter of what someone had given me, like a tiniest amount. I honestly think, dude, if like, do you know, you hear like lads going out and they eat like a pill or something, and they fucking die. Like that's how you die. Like I, I honestly, a hundred percent believe that if I would have done that, I would be in hospital, like fucked up or not dead. So what what did you learn from that, and what what do you do going forward? Well, to like I, like I said, I've I've always been very sensible because I've never really gone out until I was twenty one years old. So I didn't have that level of I'm pretty immature as well, like you. But I never had that level of like immaturity where I'd be like, for example, kids just going out taking loads of drugs or drinking loads of booze. Yeah, I what, think that's whatever, honestly that is you whatever you you know what I mean. Everyone in my school did that, and I'm so pleased I didn't do that. Like oh. we're lucky that no one died. Like serious, like. It is super dangerous. But yeah, my the lesson I learned from that man is just like, like, and the thing is everyone was like, oh yeah, stop being such a pussy to take more, take more of this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm, I'm very good at not, not being, at not being, what's the word? Peer pressured into things if I don't want to do it. Yeah. And I'd say like, stay true to that. And then also just be fucking careful and do everything in very small amounts. Uh, if you do ever wish to try something like that. And um, I do believe that you do carry a drug testing kit around with you yeah so on so this is something else that i've done because i was like you dude I was, I was scared of dying um so i was terrified of of uh dying because of the my mom's friend didn't actually get to the story we've meandered so much but i love it my mom's friend uh or someone she knew died because of she had a seizure and died um so i was super super scared when I, and then ever since i first started going out i've brought like a 15 pound drug testing kit and then on yeah, on the on the, 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 the three the, the three times a year where I'll go out and maybe have like a little dabble of something, I will test it to ensure that it's and I used to weigh it as well, like as in have like a in, <laughs> against my body weight. So I'd be like I would like dose it safely so as minimizing adverse effects and it was all done very all done very safely, but drug testing kit is the other one. Uh, I think that's responsible. Safe, safe sesh. Because I think it's a weird... It's, it's safe sesh. Safe sex. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. Wrap about, up. Don't guys, know about the last one, to be honest. <laughs> Practiced. You've you got to choose one or the other, and I choose the first one, I think. Okay, so not safe sex. Yeah, I think if... No, I'm a, I'm a married man now, so it's not... I guess you have to me. take risks at some things. Yeah. If you don't take any risks, then... But I, I think I think it's, it's taboo. Obviously, it's taboo to talk about because I was... I, I remember what it was like when I was like 20, 21. And I just thought it was the most stupid, stupid thing. Like even going out and drinking and getting like really drunk is still pretty dumb, but it's fun. But then it's like, people are going to do it. People are always going to do it. And I think by speaking about it and actually chatting about it, it's like, okay, yeah, this is how you can do it safely and minimize risk and actually, okay. Well, yeah, I'm very careful about it because technically I don't like the word at all. I don't, I'm a content creator, not an influencer, but I'm sure we do influence people to do things. Like the amount of people that come here because, because I'm here. They're like, Louis, I've never been to a beef before, or they go to black coffee because I go on about it so much. Like I definitely have an impact on some people and they do come here based on watching me do and experience things. So I think if we're gonna influence anything, it should be to do things safely and in the correct manner. Yeah. And like, do, do, I don't know, I never really, I don't really talk about drugs or anything like that, but I mean like Joe Rogan, who has probably one of the biggest platforms in the world, talks about it quite openly and I think it's quite I don't know I like it how he talks about it it's cool man that's just because Joe Rogan's talking it? about yeah talking about taking drugs like even and- Andrew Hubman now who I love who's like a neuroscientist talks about like MDMA all of this type of stuff now like benefits yeah. of it yeah but but I, I think that there is definitely classes of things like I've said this before but but for example it's like Cocaine and MDMA are two completely different things. They're both drugs, but nothing. I don't. Th- I, I honestly don't think anything good is ever going to come out of taking cocaine. No. Whereas if you did 
maybe a bit of MDMA in a safe environment that was tested. You could have a hence the reason that it's being used for like thera therapy and therapeutic effects. Yeah. Uh, same with magic mushrooms. It can have a benefit. So I think it's like opening discussion about, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like magic mushrooms, I was kind of scared of them as well. But yeah. now like people like microdose them every day. Yeah. I mean, I would be willing to try that. You've never done it. Microdose mu mushrooms. Uh, magic mushrooms. I had a chocolate mushroom one time. Mm. That was funny. I, um, I recently, I didn't like, I didn't take like people talk about like the dosages of mushrooms and stuff like that. You're just like, fuck it. I didn't really, I just took like a tiny little nibble of a chocolate to see what would happen. Okay. I'm quite apprehensive. I'm qu I am still quite scared. So I would never like, it's a good thing. Man. Just munch like a box of chocolate mushrooms. Yeah. And it's not, dude, it's not something you fuck with. Cause I, I, the first time I did it, I'd done, I'd done drugs a few times. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll be fine. And I was like, it was like the afternoon of my mate. Um, it's during lockdown actually. And this wasn't even comparable to anything like that. I went to a different universe. I thought I was dead. I thought it lasted for day. It was fucking crazy, man. And another thing you have to be careful about is it can actually change you forever. Oh, for, for the next year, but in a good way. Like, That's good. Yeah, it can be good or bad. Yeah. You have to just yeah. remember, think about how you're actually feeling. Like, I don't think anyone should be taking drugs, drinking alcohol or doing anything if they're not in the right headspace. Hmm. I mean, you should like, Drugs don't help anything. They don't cure depression or like they don't help you when you're feeling bad. They don't lift you when you're feeling bad. Like I don't think you should be taking anything when you're in a bad way. I think you should go and speak to a therapist and try and get help in other ways before taking drugs or messing with psychedelics or anything like that. 100%. But like me and Joel, for example, we always laugh. Like we know when someone's took too many magic mushrooms. Why? Well, just the look they have. We've Googled it as well. And like, I think basically you drop your ego. So you're no longer motivated in any shape or form by like materialistic items yeah. or objects or even money. Yeah. And they just, I think they're probably happy inside their own heads, but they just don't give a fuck about anything anymore. It's, it's weird, dude. Yeah. Cause I've they walk around with like barefoot. They do like hikes barefoot. They take like pictures of flowers and like, they just enjoy the earth for being so beautiful. <sighs> I like it. I respect it. It's but I also know when someone's like, fuck that guy's had too many mushrooms. I want he's a bit west. He's not west. He's just happy in his own head and he just doesn't care what anyone else thinks. As, as in like he's got no, he loses that desire and motivation to uh, to try and be something. Yeah, I, th I think because that, that ego's gone. The ego it's an interesting gone. one, isn't it? Yeah, man. Yeah. I but, mean, some. I'm sure that'd be good for some people. I felt like it benefited me. Like, but, but obviously it's come back. But I felt like I literally thought I was dead. Like I thought I died. Um, yeah, it's scary. I'd be scared. Oh, but I, I phoned my mum as well, like, because I was convinced I was going to die. Like, I felt like this is how I imagine bleeding to death to feel like. Forever like, and Mo always thinks that he's going to die. I, I don't he... always think I'm going to. It's weird because I'm pr certain things like. What? When did I think I was going to die last time? Oh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I just said. Okay, maybe I'm just a massive hypochondriac still. Could be a hypochondriac. I am also a hypochondriac. You, when I was a kid, I used to be. I used to cry myself to sleep because yeah, I was think, thinking that I was dying of like some horrible brain cancer or something. Like, well, you... I thought I was. I just used to cry because I was going to die one day. Really? Yeah. So oh. I'm a hypochondriac. Me and Mo are very similar. That's so weird, mate. That's yeah. so weird. But anyway, we're going to see some sick DJs tonight. It's going to mm -hmm. be a very fun night. We have a really good squad. It's a closing party for Black Coffee. Yep. It's coming up at the end of the season. Tomorrow's 1st of October. My favorite time of year, to be honest, on the island. The weather is beautiful. Weather's amazing. So good. It's not too hot at night. The restaurants aren't too busy. The club, the club is going to be busy. But once you get over that, you, it's going to be enjoyable. Yeah. And before we talk about any more parties, I'll quickly tell you my, my, my story that you asked me about. Yeah, let's, let's just change it from the party scene to the... Uh, I want to I hear this. Okay, so... I basically watched Casey Neistat on YouTube. Yes. Became obsessed with him. I was fuck like, fuck, yeah. this guy daily vlogs every single day. I was like, this is insane. He had a Canon AED, he had a GoPro, and he had a DJI Phantom 4. Mm -hmm. And it's when there was no drone drone laws. People are shouting down, so sorry. It's when there was no drone laws, so Casey used to literally fly his DJI Phantom 4 like through the streets of New York. I, I think he did it when there was drone laws, but then people yeah, started then people to start fucking go annoyed. crazy at him. Yeah, because I watched him as well at this time. I love Casey. He's a, he's, a G, mate. Yeah, he's a G, and he's a, such a hard worker. Um, so then I was like watching Casey, and I was like, right. I saw him getting all, like he used to do a, on a Wednesday or Thursday, he used to open all his packages that brands and stuff had sent him. Okay. And, I, and I would always be like, wow. 
imagine if like all my favorite companies would send me stuff like free shit insane. yeah and yeah. i was like that's literally insane like i wasn't even thinking about like monetizing a channel or anything like that at the time i was just like if i could get free stuff that's my life has been complete. yeah yeah so anyway i kind of started to copy his style of videos and did a really really bad job but in the meantime i was do you get like three people watching him as well yeah of course yeah three or four yeah and of course in the meantime i was working in the office nine till five and I was basically self-teaching myself how to shoot real estate photography. But in the in the process of that, I was learning how to use a camera. I was learning about shutter speed, aperture, ISO, all the camera nerd stuff. Mm -hmm. Learned about different lenses, learning everything about cameras, drones, GoPros, video editing, and photo editing, all at once. So this was probably over the course of like a year, two years. And then um, I started making videos for other people on the side. So like if someone had a nice car, I'd go to the house and like film their Ferrari and make it look cool. Or I would go to the gym, the local gym I was living in, Belfast at the time. Yeah. Um, go to the local gym, make a video for the gym, which would be so shit. Like, literally the shittest video you could ever would imagine. You do it, would you do it for free? Yeah, of like, course. I'll make a free video. And I'd spend, like, three days editing it. Yeah. Like, three whole days editing a shit gym video. And at the end of it, I used to watch it over and over again. I'd be like, oh, that's amazing. Like, I was so proud of myself that I had made that. And what, what did you do? Film for the gym or film for people in there? Like Both, and, both. And was this like Christian Guzman's era? Was this that kind of style you're copying that? Yeah, but getting nowhere near that style. Like, getting nowhere near that level. Yeah. So, uh, after that, I just kept going. And I just enjoyed going out and filming almost anything. Anything and everything. Go walk around the streets, go out at night and do like nighttime photography, like long exposures, like basically experience everything that there was to do with cameras and just learn everything and try everything and see like, do I like doing portrait photography? Do I like doing landscape photography? Do I like doing drone photography and all of this, all this other stuff. And in the meantime, I was just learning everything. Photoshop, Premiere Pro, Lightroom, um, and just really trying to get my head around things. And I was posting all this stuff on my Instagram as well. And I had no followers at the time, like pro not, not no followers, but like maybe four or 5,000. And then after that, I started to get a little bit better. And I was a big fan of Rob Lipset and Mike and people like that. Yeah. Went down, Rob Lipset was doing an event where he was talking, <laughs> where he was talking in Dublin and he had Christine Guzman, Max Tunin, Shawley, all like the athlete team crew. Yeah. And I went down to see Rob and they all talked on stage, blah, blah, blah. And I was super motivated. I was like, fuck. What year, what year was this? Mm. How long ago, roughly? I would say like five years ago. So you were like, you like looked up to Rob and stuff. And yeah. And I was a, like a fanboy, really. Dude, I find that this fucking insane how like all it takes is some effort and people you once looked up to your like mates with. Like I was a proper, proper fanboy. Like, <sighs> wait, let me see if I can actually get the year. I would say it was mm, 2018. Yeah, 2018. I've got the pictures here from my first photo shoot with Rob. Yeah. October 2018. So I used to drive down to Dublin, which was two hours, to go and shoot with Rob and make these also pretty shit videos. But Rob was happy because I was doing it for free. Yeah. And Rob kind of liked me because I was like, not like a normal camera nerd. As in, like, you were actually fun and yeah, like not I, I had fully a, autistic. Yeah, I had a personality. Yeah. So, and then anyway, so I started working with Rob. Video started to get better. Probably worked with him for about six months. And all this was for free, yeah? Yeah. And then I went to Hong Kong. Went to Dubai, then Hong Kong, with my girlfriend at the time's family. And I made a sick video of a Lambo in Dubai. And I went to Hong Kong and made a sick video in Hong Kong. Mike saw it, and Mike was like, oh, Louis... I used to work with Mike, Mike Ferson, by the way, in Hollister when I was 17. And he was always like my biggest role model. It was before Instagram was a Wait, thing. Wait, you worked together? Yeah, he was my manager. No way. Yeah. That's mad. So like- Was he sound to work, work for? Before, this was before Instagram. So Instagram wasn't even a thing. Like Mike Ferson, sorry, it just puts me off every time. So like Mike Ferson, Joss Mooney, Ross Warswick, whatever his name was, they were all like Marbella and they were shredded. And it was like, you would see them all on these Facebook pages. With but not, chicks and yeah. like, yeah, on a boat. Champagne bottles and yeah, Marbella. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I want to be like these guys. And yeah. then eventually I didn't really know how to contact Mike because, and I also didn't want to be a weirdo, but he became my manager at Hollister and he was my manager for like a year. He also used to live next door to me in my student house. And then we became really quite close. 
And then I went on my own kind of journey, moved to Ireland, started doing all of this. Mike also started his YouTube channel. He was just kind of doing sit down, talking videos with a whiteboard, cooking meals, giving gym tips, kind of just sit down with the tripod, very basic filming and editing. And anyway, so probably two or three years later, Mike saw my video in Dubai of the Lamborghini in Hong Kong. And he was like, wow, these videos are actually getting good now. He was like- What, what was the video? Was it like a- It was just a travel vlog. Okay. But you've done like an edit in it or something sick? Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear that noise? Yeah, what is that? That is called wake turbulence. So when the plane flies by, it disturbs the air. No way. Yeah, and it kind of, the air twists off yeah, the wings. Yeah, I know, I know that is skydiving actually, but yeah. you, that's what you can hear. Yeah. It's literally insane. What so it kind mad. of whips around the whole area. Yeah, yeah. Like four minutes after the plane passes. No fucking way. It used to scare me, so I had to research it heavily. And it's, it's definitely wake turbulence. Wake turbulence, yeah. It's insane, bro. Wow. Yeah, so anyway. So anyway, I got good. Kind of got better. I still wasn't really that good. And then anyway, I went to London to film with Mike. Made a, By the way, when I was filming with Mike and Robin stuff, it used to take me like three or four or five days to edit these videos. Were you sh like slow? I was shit, yeah. but I was slow. And yeah. I was like also experimenting at the time, like trying to work out how to do like different things like speed ramps, like- Transitions. Transitions. Sam Kilder. Sam Kilder vibes, color grading, like the worst color grades you've ever seen. Yeah, like that orange skin and yeah, blue yeah. shadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst, but all part of the process. And then eventually I started working with Mike more and more. Mike invited me and said, do you want to come with me for 10 days to Dubai? I'll pay for everything. Yeah. And you have to make me three videos in 10 days. So we went. I asked my boss, who at the time was my girlfriend's brother, who was super encouraging of me all the time. I worked for him in the office, but he always just encouraged me to just go out and get after it. Yeah. Like he was the one that bought me cameras and stuff like for the real estate photography, which then I could use those cameras for my own shoots. So what, what, were you working for a real estate company yeah. as a photographer? Yeah, pretty oh, much. Oh, so you were like, it wasn't like a real estate photography company? No. Okay, interesting. Within within like a, a, like a business that just bought and sold real estate investment. You have investment. to chat to Jake about that. Yeah, like yeah, all that stuff. to make sure you do. So anyway, went to Dubai with Mike, came back from Dubai, had the best time ever. Literally filmed all day, every single day. But me and Mike got, got along so well. Mike was like, I've lived alone for four years and now being with you, I feel sad. Now, like, Mike isn't very emotional. He's quite just, not cold, but- A bit stoic, I think he seems. Stoic, exactly. Yeah. And then he was like, wow, like I really enjoyed spending time with you, blah, 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 made all these videos. And he was like, oh, you need to change this, you need to change this. And I was like, fuck's sake, like, can't believe he's actually asking me to change it. I've spent hours on that. He'd ask me to change a song and I'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, what, what, bro, when you get a client and they're like, yeah, it's really good. Do you mind just changing the entire track? That was Mike. <laughs> like, all the music, all the clips are cut to the music. And it's fuck's sake. You have to redo oh, the edit, fuck. don't you? And yeah. I was like, yeah. fuck's sake. And anyway, I had to make like two or three changes. We got there in the end. Everyone loved the video on YouTube. All the comments, really good feedback. What are yeah. you doing there? I'll just uh, see if I can light you a little bit on this camera, but... You don't need to like me because I'm good on this one. Yeah, this is pretty much pitch black out here. So. How long have we got left? Uh, How long have we been going? 50 minutes. We've been going 50 minutes? Yeah, yeah. Right, well, it looks good on there. Yeah, no, nah, just keep going, man. Keep okay. going, keep going, keep going. So, um, yeah, so then the comments were really good on the YouTube video, which I was happy about. Like, oh, Mike's got a new videographer or Mike's working with someone now. Yeah. Um, Louie and Mike are a really good team together. So nice to see them, blah, blah, blah. And... After that, probably I went back to Ireland. I had to like obviously talk with my girlfriend at the time about the potential to travel with Mike around the world mm. and also talk to my boss and be like, I'm gonna quit the job. Yeah. Even though my boss had helped me in every single way and I kind of didn't want to leave him in the shit. But also I wanted to just kind of go after my dreams, which was to travel the world, take photos and videos. Yeah. So anyway, a couple of hard conversations had to happen and then I basically just Traveled the world with Mike for a whole year before COVID happened, and so so, well, so when you went from quitting a job to working with Mike, I just moved to London at, with him. At first, was it just like, as in he would pay for everything for you, or were you getting a salary as He'd well? Pay for everything for me, and he gave me double my salary that I was currently working for. Well, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, fair play, Uncle Mike. But I would do two weeks with Mike, and then two weeks back at home. And yeah. the two weeks with Mike, we would grind. Yeah, he would grind, and I would grind all day, every day, photos, videos, everything. And it, it really, the environment was just set up for that, like fucking yeah. smashing it. Go to the both... gym, like travel, like just collab. Like we smashed it. We did do a really good job. Yeah. We had the best life ever. Then COVID happened. 
Mike got stuck in Dubai. I decided not to get stuck in Dubai. How did he, um, how did he get stuck in Dubai? Because uh, he wasn't allowed to leave when everything started to shut down. Oh, uh, okay. I luckily just got out of there. Did Dubai shut the airports? I thought they were quite chill about all that stuff. Nah, he got stuck there. And then, so, but I think he was happy to be stuck there. And yeah. then during Corona, I literally just smashed my own YouTube channel. Obviously, I didn't have Mike. It was really good for me in the beginning because I would make my own YouTube videos working alongside Mike. So I could kind of use Mike's name to get myself followers. To leverage you a little yeah, bit. Lever- yeah, helped a lot, obviously. But I mean, that wouldn't work for everyone. You have to have, you have to be able to give something. You have to have a personality because not everyone, just because you're associated with Mike doesn't mean you're going to get a lot of followers. 100%. So you have to put in the they're work. Not gonna, they're not going to stick around if you're a shit person or you're exactly. shit at your content. And I used to get a lot of hate as well. Oh, you're nothing like Mike. You're not you're not strict, blah, blah, blah. And I, I never wanted to be like Mike. So people would compare me and I'd be like, well, compare me all you want because I don't want to be like Mike. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, during Corona, I just literally grinded for like two years making YouTube videos around the house, like started running. And basically when I started running, I basically tried to teach other people how to run. I did 30 days of 5Ks every day. Yeah. Started doing little challenges like this, 30 days of ice baths every day and started just like doing little self-experiments Yeah, yeah. during Corona. How's that looking? One minute, yeah, we're just, if you're listening, we're just, I'm, I'm, we're I'm just, just setting up a we're light. We're just diffusing the light through the Aquarius That bottom. works pretty damn well. Let me just m- move it. Out I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. I actually, um, I mean, this is content creation at its absolute finest. Mate, I use tea towels as diffusers, so. So uh, there we go, we're, we have some nice diffused light. That is actually really nice. There we go, banging. Cool, yeah. So. Yeah, anyway, Corona. Started making like how to cut your hair at home. I saw this, I think. Yeah, yeah. How to beard trimming tutorial. My first video that got a million views. I think I've seen this one as well. And I literally just, I used to just shave my beard with like a 3.5 all over. Mm -hmm. But I basically just kind of exaggerated and was like, I'll use like 2.75 here. Use like 2.85 here. What do you do now? Like... Still the same thing, pretty much. Just use a 3.5 all over and then just tidy up the edges. Pretty I, easy to do. I did two mil on the one blade. Nice, I did 3.5. And uh, yeah, that video got a million. Um, YouTube asked if they could use my how to cut your hair at home video on that on one of their ads in, in America. No way. Which I got paid a pretty handsome sum, sum for, for like three second clip. Really? I think they paid me like 5K for a three second clip. Ooh. Ooh, that's nice. So that was good because I didn't have any work during Corona. Mike, yeah. Mike couldn't pay me. I was like, I was basically employed by Mike at where the time. You, where were you living at this point? Uh, with my ex-girlfriend. Okay. With okay. her family. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't really have any bills or anything. But yeah, but it's still, you don't I didn't have an have income. Nothing. So yeah, that was good from YouTube. That was good. And then after that, as soon as it finished, me and Joel flew to Mike and started working from in Dubai. And then after like three or four months, I was just like, not sick of working with Mike. I always loved working with Mike, but I I was just on my own journey. And Mike kind of respected that and was like, Louis, you have the traction now. Like I was making videos for Mike and myself. And he was like, if you want to go off on your own and just go for it, then go for it. Like I got sponsored by Ghost. I got sponsored by Gymshark. This was all through the running content because there wasn't many like YouTubers or fitness guys who were running. Yeah, I I think I I remember you. The first. I would like to say I was one of the first. What, doing running stuff? Yeah. Yeah, because I remember, the f- I'd see your stuff every now and then, like come up on my IG pages, like, oh, this guy lives a pretty cool life. Um, and I started running because I found it so difficult and I, I hated it so much. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to beat this. Like, it's I- when I saw you do the Goggins challenge. Yeah. That's when I started following you. Yeah, that was that was tough. But yeah. like, I like doing things that are hard. I like to test myself. Yeah. But then anyway, Mike was like, just go for it. So me and Joel just went to Hawaii and we traveled around Hawaii with my ex-girlfriend. There was three of us for like a month. Got a massive Gymshark package, got a massive Ghost package, shot loads of stuff. Was getting like, not decent money, but probably like just a little bit less than what I was getting working with Mike. Yeah. And then I was like, then Mike came to Ibiza. We moved in with Mike for the whole summer. Mike had a very unmotivated summer. He just kind of did nothing. We all did nothing. Yeah. We all lived with Mike. He covered the rent, covered the car. We're very lucky. We partied a lot, but not too much. The clubs went open. We just went, we just did nothing. And then that was after that summer, Mike literally just leveled his shit up. He was like, I've just done nothing for a whole summer. I don't feel good about it. And then Mike just leveled the fuck up like 
big time. Really? And then I just kind of stayed here and just managed to survive on my own. Yeah. Through brands like Whoops, like Whoop Sponsorship, Ghost, Gymshark. So shout out to all my sponsors. Shout out to everyone that buys using my links. Like you guys are the ones that keep me afloat. Yeah. And yeah, I never promote anything that I don't actually really love. Like I have to use all my products. Like I was using Ghost for three years. I used to get it posted to a friend in America. They would post it to the UK because it wasn't available in the UK because Guzman used to use it. Yeah. And Gymshark, Steve Cook was always like my idol. So I wanted to be sponsored by Gymshark one day. And like, yeah. So then after that, I just stayed in a beef and just did my own thing. Have you missed, do you feel like you've missed out on, have you missed out on a lot of brand deals because you're like that? Because you won't sell shit. Yes. Yeah, mate. Exactly. The same. I'm fucking the same. I cannot sell stuff unless I use it. So many things. Like, I mean, I've done a couple of brand deals where I haven't been entirely happy with it, but I've liked the product. But I also realized like, I like the product, but I don't need to be selling this. Okay. Like I'd rather just keep my, just keep with like a small number of brands that I really love and find other ways of making money mm -hmm. rather than just constantly selling stuff to my, to, I don't like selling stuff in every video. It just doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. I don't, like, get, but, <laughs> I don't know. So it's then, hard. then you get to the end of the month and realize me and you are the same for this. We're talking about it. You get, you, you get to the end of the month, realize you haven't done any of your brand deals and just have to pump out like some shit. Yeah. Sorry, sorry guys. <laughs> it is tough, but I mean, I've pretty much all the products that I promote, I use in my day to day life. So it's yeah, not so same. hard, but anyway, so then I just kind of went off my own path. Me and Mike actually got together this summer um, in July start of July mm -hmm. and maybe it was August. I don't know. It was, I don't know when it was August, start of August, went to Marbella with Mike, started making videos with him again, did three videos in like four days. And it was really, really good. Like it wasn't that I don't need Mike anymore. I love being with Mike. Me and Mike are still best friends. We always will be talk every day, but I just like wanted my own journey. Yeah. And I also just wanted to be my own boss. Like, if Mike wants to wake me up at eight in the morning and go and film a video, so if I don't want to do that, I'd rather not do it. I'd just be on my own terms. But me and Mike had a really good time in Marbella, made some sick videos together. And yeah, I mean, yeah, we're both happy. Yeah. But now Mike has always been my biggest inspiration. Now I want to kind of, that's what I'm saying. No more 25%. This is like what Mike was like. He just did a 25% summer. Yeah. And then he just, leveled the fuck up. up what did yeah. you do what did, what did you what did you do differently what did you change he just went to dubai and was like okay no more parties no more alcohol no more girls mm. and just went all in like two or three he hired a team like a photographer a videographer an editor a facebook marketing team like a personal assistant and he just leveled his shit up yeah and two or three videos every single week really really consistent really good videos collaborate with everyone that he could yeah and yeah then he started his podcast and we turned his life around after his 25 percent summer mike actually might, might have even been like a 15 percent summer for mike <laughs> 15 me and joel literally came to like ah. video with mike and all of us were just so unmotivated but it was a good summer because that's when we first heard black coffee playing in a secret party in ashwire and that kind of changed our lives is that for how all you of found us. out about yeah. black coffee yeah yeah it was the best party of my life it's and weird. it always will be i didn't really um I just completely overlooked ever, the the crazy story you just told me and just got us focused on the really irrelevant thing. No, well, Black Coffee, that summer, that was when no clubs were open, but at the end of the summer, Corona was kind of dying down. Yeah. And Ushuaia opened, but it was called Palmarama. So they literally, like, filled Ushuaia, filled with palm trees and, like, bushes and shit. Yeah. And they would have, like, for the last two months, they would have DJs like Black Coffee, David Guetta, Martinez Brothers. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you had to buy a table. But the tables weren't super expensive like what they are now. It was like 6K for a table. And I don't know, me, Joel, Mike, Darren, we all went one day. How many How many could you get on a table so you could split it? 10. So, so like 500 six, each, six, 500. 600 each. But fuck it, what's a table now then? Bro, like a table tonight is like 20K, 25K. Ooh. Also the moon's coming up and it looks fucking sick. Take a look over your left shoulder. That is oh, wild. wow. That is cool. It's Bro, like a orange, like a, a blood moon. I want to film it, but wait. So I'll get a shot on my phone. Wait, went to Black Coffee. Yeah. And they taped up your phone so you weren't allowed to use the camera. That's cool. And there was bushes everywhere so that even if you did use your camera, you had no, like if anyone, the video's back, you couldn't see how many people were there. Couldn't see, like, couldn't really see the DJ. 
Yeah. But like the experience was insane. And we did it once and it was so fucking good. We did it again the next week and then we did it again the next week and then it closed. So we did three weeks in a row of all spend 500 quid each on a table. Yeah. And we weren't making that money, but we just had to do it because it was so good. Fuck. Me, Mike, Joel, Darren, George. So fucking good, man. Right. Should we wrap this? Because yeah, let's wrap that's it. literally motivated me to get up and uh, go and get ready for going out tonight. And I'm like, do you know what you're like itching? Like, you what, what, Hold on. What percentage do you reckon you're given at life right now? Oh, bro. It's... it's it depends how life I'd say a good 80. That's good. But like if you work specific work that I know I need to be doing 50 because I try and I try and balance things and I try and do a lot of I th I'd say my biggest downfall is trying to do too many things at once. Yeah. And, and then I get distracted. Well, my biggest downfall is that I have like two weeks a month where I have to work hard. Normally like the first week, not always the last week to get all my brand deals yeah, in before the same. end of the month. Yeah. And then for like the other, for the first week mm. of the month, I normally work pretty hard. And then the two middle weeks kind of do nothing. Yeah. Float around. That's kind of good though, because you need that time off. Yeah. I struggle with that time off. Like what, when I say 50, I mean like, I'll always make something. I can, I, I'll, I'll work every single day. Like if I go somewhere with my girlfriend, I'll make I'll somehow work it into Instagram content. So will I. Or uh, work it into a video. Or I kind of do that without even realizing. Yeah, yeah. If I do anything, I'm making content out of it. Mm. Like, that's one thing that I, that, that's why I love this job. That's why I know this job is for me because- It's your life. I love it. From the minute I wake up, like, I'm not obsessed with social media. Like, I don't check who watches my stories. I don't check the likes. I don't care about any of that stuff. Yeah. I know who messages me. I know who leaves the comments. I'm aware of, like, my super loyal supporters. Shout out to them. But like, I wake up every day and I just want to share my life with people. Like, that's what I like doing. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll share some stories from tonight yeah, on the next one. Well, I'll be on uh, Louis' YouTube and my YouTube as well from two different angles. Yeah, so if you guys are watching this, make sure to go follow Mo on YouTube and Instagram. And vice versa. And Mo, I just want to say thank you very much for having me. Really enjoyed speaking into this mic. It's like so therapeutic. Mate, that's what I love about it. I might just speak into these one of these mics for the rest of my life. It's the only time, dude, isn't it, that you get to hear yourself and the other person. And the thing when and when you're holding it, you have to wait. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. Yeah, we don't bro. interrupt each other. It's uh it's a shame that like we can't smash out a three hours one, but No, I, I think we definitely could smash out a three hour one, but the excitement now is just like building. I feel yeah, I, I feel like that overpowers the want to do that. Like yeah. I, I'm getting that little but like the yeah, butterflies so in my stomach and like itching the fucking Like I might actually have to go to the toilet now. <laughs> but it's it's the um the new tropic I gave you before this you're coming up on it. <laughs> and and like that moon just coming up, guys, we're gonna show you the moon. Like <laughs> I'm just like the signs are telling us this is <laughs> <laughs> the magic of the magic island is just pullness. By the way, I literally live like one minute from high from the club. That's also a problem. It's insane. It's actually insane. Dude, do you want to uh, plug, your, plug your socials as well for people that don't know? Like, don't Instagram at Louis Armstrong 7. YouTube www.youtube.com at Louis Armstrong 7. I'll get your little editor to edit them in. He's a big, big editor, mate. He does, does bits. Big editor. Yeah, he's actually sick. Um, I need to get someone like that. Mr. Mr. Editor, put your details on as well after uh, Louis, okay, on screen. Yeah, but thanks for having me, Mo. Thanks for coming out to see me. And tonight will be sick. Bro, yeah, man, it's been, it's been sick. And uh, like I said, I'm super, I'm itching to get out. So let's get ready and go and have an absolutely sick night. Thanks, bro. Thank you.